Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have you heard? Podcast advertising works. In fact, Cantor ranked podcasts as the most effective digital advertising channel above social media ads, influencer content, and every other medium. Whether it's right for your brand to run its own ad creative, have some of our 80,000 plus podcasters read your message themselves, or even create your own branded episode or series, at Acast, we'll use our world-class expertise to guide you every step of the way to make sure your campaign is efficient, effective, and enjoyable. Hear podcasts, think ACAST. Visit ACAST.com slash advertising to start your campaign today. Welcome to a brand new series of the Attacking Scrum podcast. All of the hysteria of the Lions tour is done and dusted and we've got a brand new season to look forward to. Firstly though, a big thank you to everyone who listened in our first year we're delighted with how it's grown and hope you've enjoyed kind of uh, being a part of um, of our journey, really. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please continue to spread the word. Leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or just do it the old-fashioned way. Tell your mates in the pub, clubhouse or the terrace, kind of uh, wherever you see fit. And as I said, massive season awaits us. And to get us ready, we recorded a special episode with Dragon's new head coach, Bernard Jackman. Really, really interesting to chat to him and seems really determined to, to make a massive impact uh, in his new job and make a massive impact uh, on, on rugby and Gwent, really. So a big thank you to him for, for giving us his time just before the new season begins. We will be previewing the other regions, of course, too. And we're also set to make Monday mornings our new time for for the release of uh, the Attacking Scrum podcast each week. So hopefully that will make the start of the week a bit more bearable. So thanks very much for downloading. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to the Attacking Scrum special with Bernard Jackman. (laughs) 
Welcome to a very special edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Heading into the new season, we've got absolutely loads to chat about, and I'm delighted to say that we've got a fantastic guest lined up for the very first one of the season. So, big warm welcome to Bernard Jackman, new Dragons head coach. Thank you. Looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, nice to uh, nice of you to invite us into uh, into these facilities here at Astrid Manic as well. Um, I suppose it's first just wanted to pick you up on something you mentioned the other day because obviously we're surrounded by great facilities here um, but something you mentioned was that you feel like a, a kind of grass playing surface could make a big difference um, how much of a difference do you think that would that would make to uh, to your kind of training regime I, listen, I, I think that we're very fortunate we have a 4G pitch mm. um, but I don't think it makes sense to train exclusively on a 4G pitch given we don't play on one um, even for our home games uh, obviously there's a lot of money being put into Rodney Prey's um, to get the playing surface um, up to scratch there, and that, that's great. Uh, but we play on a on a on a grass surface, and I suppose um, if you use a, a tennis um, analogy, you know if you want to play in Wimbledon, you don't spend all your time playing on hard courts or on clay. So um, it's great; it gives us a consistency of surface. But I just think that moving forward for for us as a region, we need to have access to at least one quality grass pitch, and maybe it's only once a week um, on a Tuesday for a big contact day that you. That you get a hit out in that, but um, it isn't. It's it, for me. It's really important. That's something that's been missing here, particularly last year when the pitch in Ronnie Parade was mm. really bad. But we were training on you know per, perfect yeah, conditions. Break, yeah. yeah, so it didn't make any sense. But listen, that's it's a new start, and we have to obviously find the resources and uh, and uh, people who are willing to give us access to their pitch. But we, we'll do that. Yeah, we we'll get it sorted. And just sticking with training for a moment, because we were just chatting off air about kind of the importance of social media and things like that. I've noticed that you've and and the club have been kind of streaming various different you know different little snippets mm. for um, for some of the fans to to see how the lads are getting on in training. Has that been a deliberate tactic to you know to kind of just kind of open the doors and, and make it a bit more a bit more visible to fans? Yeah, listen, I think that we as a as a region I see it as a fresh start. Um, historically, there has been a little bit of a divide between the valleys and Newport and a lot of a lot of politics um, mm. floating around and I, I want to kind of just brush that away and start from fresh um, we we want to be our mission is to become the best Welsh region um, in all aspects of our preparation and our, and our makeup so one of those is obviously social media interaction with fans um, and it's a simple one you just you just be a little bit more open, you know. Like I, I put a, I put a, a live scrum on, um, and people were outstanding, you know, amazed. And you know, it's so basic, uh, but it shows you what, what, how much, uh, how how lacking that is in in pro rugby. And we all try and pretend that uh, we've got secrets and we're doing stuff that no one else is doing. But the reality is, um, you know, if if I try something on Saturday and it works, well, then every other coach is going to be doing yeah. it the following week. And that's, it's about. Picking the fundamentals of your game that that you believe you believe in and are suited to the the quality of player you have or the, or the stage you're at in your development, and then doing that well. Um, so yeah, we want to be the most open and, and uh, inviting. Every training session is open to the public. So we've have you know we have fans come here on a on a on a Tuesday morning and watch the the, the, the morning session and go home, go off and have a coffee and come back in the afternoon, bring their kids, can meet the players. Every single session is, is is open, and I just think that for us to show to the people in the region that um, we want to connect with them, we want to be transparent, we want them to respect us for how hard we work. Well, then um, 
open your doors and and uh, and let them come in and look at it and, and hopefully pick up some things that they can their coaches you know share with their teams or if it's if it's bring their kids along that they can see you know the um, the Harrison Keddies or the Ollie Griffiths or whatever training and I think that's it's not a big thing to ask to be honest yeah no I think that's uh, it's certainly been a noticeable difference yeah. you mentioned as well kind of the the division in the the kind of slightly uneasy history between the Valleys and, and Newport how aware of you were that before kind of joining the region no I wasn't so I knew that the Valleys there was a huge amount of history in, in Valleys uh, in the Valleys rugby there's a huge amount of history in Newport rugby and, um, I suppose you don't <laughs> It's your great, it's your great, it's a great strength at parochialism, but also can be a weakness, particularly mm. when you're trying to um, amalgamate, I suppose, um, behind one cause. And um, for me, obviously in Ireland, you know, I grew up when I was born. I was from Leinster, and I knew I was from Leinster, and I always wanted to play for Leinster. You know, I played for Connacht in the meantime. Didn't didn't mean I was less motivated. Yeah. Um, but but uh, probably here there wasn't a natural divide, so the regions yeah. weren't something you know you probably didn't speak about being from Gwent when you were small yeah. as a kid so we need to make sure that I suppose we're we create something here in the Dragons that unites all the clubs behind us and um, a lot of that's based around our performances and results obviously results put bums on seats quicker than anything else but I think once people can be proud of us uh, and our fans can say that they can be proud to wear a Dragons jersey you know, in Newport or in uh, in Ponty, you know, and that's um, I saw someone in an Osprey's jersey in the car park the other day, and yeah. it's like, um, you know, we need to change that. You know, it sounds so basic, but you wouldn't wear a, a Munster you jersey into Leicester car Dublin, park, you, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, or you would uh, if you're from Munster and you'd be proud of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't mind that, but you wouldn't wear one into the Leicester car park. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but that's our own fault. That's that's basically what's happened in the past, and we got to control. The present and the future, and make sure that that we're we're changing that every day. It does feel like it's you know going into a new season, new name for the for the region, uh, new coach, kind of new ownership. Mm. Does it feel like there's a chance to create a new era yeah, of, for of sure. dragons? I mean, I'm, I'm motivated by by creating something, um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to um, to spend about eight years ago. I, I spent a couple of days in Manchester United, and and. and I got to be part of a conversation with Alex Ferguson, and um, he spoke about you know someone was a, he was asked you know, how do you motivate these players who are making at that time it was ten thousand a week which was big money but now yeah. it's obviously hundred thousand a week but um, and he said listen you know he tells the same story every year in pre season about there was three three men working on the building site he asked the first one what do you do and he said I build a wall he asked the second one what do you do and he said oh, I make twenty thousand a year and he asked the third one what do you do and he said oh you know I'm building a you know, a magnificent building that in 20 years' time I can bring my kid back and say, oh, I, I built that. And I suppose for me, that's exciting about this, that there's nothing really, there's no, I suppose, special history from, from the past, you know, and whatever. It's a new start. And in four or five years' time or 10 years' time, hopefully, um, you know, when I look back on, on my time in the Dragons, I can say, well, I was there to start. Like in Leinster, I was lucky enough to be part of the first Leinster squad that won a, uh, a Heineken Cup. Mm. And then they went on and won, you know, three more or whatever so um, and now they're they're amongst the best teams in Europe um, and that, that's great I'll, that that means a lot to me um, and I'd like to think that you know I, it's my job is to convince enough people in this organisation that that's the opportunity we have to actually put the Dragons you know on the map properly and um, mean uh, make sure that the next generation feel that to play for the Dragons um, is a really really good end result for them um, and if that's good enough to if that's the maximum of their talent to play for the Dragons well so be it if it's good enough to launch them into a Welsh team well then even better or British and Irish Lions even better again so that's um, 
that's that's what's special and that's what I suppose gets me out of bed in the morning it's amazing you mentioned a couple of those names there as well the Harry Caddies and, and Ollie Griffiths and and again, I guess you, you throw into the mix the Hallam Amoses yeah. and, and Ashton Hewitts and those kind of players as well. Um, you've also brought in a bit of well, there's a bit of experience coming to the squad now as well. Do you think that's going to be you know that's going to be important having the the likes of you know of Kirshner and Henson into the into the side to to kind of bring through those uh, you know those really talented youngsters? Yeah, they've been great. Um, I mean, Gavin Gavin is a has a real special rugby brain. And um, he's just taken on a, a role where he's he's a resource for all those young backs, and he, he's been in time. I mean, we were in France last week, and um, he spent four or five hours in the evening sitting down with players and talking about their lines of running, explaining things to them because he gets it. He gets it. He he's obviously supremely talented. He prepares really well, but he actually understands the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just comes naturally to him, um, and he understands why things work and why, and more importantly, why certain things don't work. Um, and then Zane is just. Um, just brings a huge amount of consistency to his training every day and is a real talker in the backfield and that's probably something that I've been surprised by how, how quiet we are as a team um, and it's often the case in, in teams who have a losing record um, that people tend to shy away from, yeah. from speaking up and, and dominating and, and I suppose bossing others but the reality is that's how most performing teams work that there's there's the there's lieutenants and there's the there's the soldiers and um, it needs to be clear on the field who is what and you need your lieutenants to and commanders to um, I suppose get your shoulders shoulders in the right position um, so Zane and Gav in different ways will um, will certainly add to 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 the young talent we have and help them hopefully come through quicker than they would if they're just left on their own devices and I guess the changes that you made off the pitch as well in terms of in terms of coaching will no doubt have a, have a positive impact in that regard as well yeah it is I think I think it'll take a year to build it yeah. to be honest I think because um, we've got to implement an attacking system a defensive system um, and we've got to improve our set piece um, and when I say attacking that includes kicking game hmm. um, and also we've got to upgrade our, our, our improve our skill set to be able to play that attacking game we want to play so um, and then obviously there's probably going to be players who don't step up to the mark as well So and I haven't recruited for this season um, in terms of playing squad so I inherited a playing squad so more than likely unfortunately there probably will be casualties at the end of the year and we look to bring in some some more quality people who are suited to the type of game we want to play but um, yeah coaching wise uh, I've been really fortunate that the WRU have given me support to bring in a, a new defence coach um, from the Bulls who um, has made immediate impact um, and but again, it's a different type of defence system than they were using, so it'll, there'll be errors on the way. Um, and then I got in a, um, a skills coach called Barry Maddox from Bat, Barry Maddox from Bat, who's from who's Welsh. He's been away out of the country working in Hartbury and um, England Sevens, etc. for uh, for seven years. But it's great to be able to bring him back, and he's excited by the potential here. Um, and then obviously we've got a an ex player, uh, Tr Thomas, yeah. who who's going to. Um, he's retired. He's going to retire from playing, but work with our young players and our and our, sen- our transition players and our senior players um, for the senior squad. He's going to be responsible for the breakdown. So again, it's a case of can we develop coaches as well? You know. So for me this year, I'm going to look to see um, if if maybe during the LV Cup I can I can rotate you know head coaches and give everybody a taste of that and just see who who's got potential to. To, to develop further or change maybe change the roles around a little bit just to see um, can we get more out of the coaches because I think the coaches work really hard here and, and, and there's some good coaching talent uh, but now we have enough 
resources to mean to make, let people be either specialise in, in one area um, at certain times and be really good at that but also at other times maybe try and develop as coaches by having different responsibilities It's interesting as well obviously you, meant you talked about resources a couple of times the club going through a you know period of change now, particularly in ownership, but also with you having coached in you know in in France, where the resources are, are much different, has it been noticeable kind of coming into the the Dragons at this stage? Yeah, there are some things that probably they've been cutting costs for five six years, yeah, and then so suddenly um, suddenly have to spend a little bit more to get it right. Whereas if you're if you're spending a little bit, for example, if you're spending five thousand a year on equipment. You know, and I come in. I might, I might want a certain amount of equipment, but the majority will be there. Whereas if you haven't spent anything on equipment for mm. four or five years, it's, it's obviously there's a, there's a big void. So, um, but again, that's just part of the, that's a part of the legacy I'm taking on, um, and part of the challenge. But again, what I like about it is the people I'm working for, um, in the WRU, um, have been, you know, just really, really fair and honest, and said, listen, you know, if it's going to help you create the right environment you know we're all over that um, but it's not an open checkbook in terms of yeah. and recruiting which I knew coming in and to be honest the French model so my, my experience in France was great um, until until our sugar daddy um, died yeah. and uh, then the whole club went into free fall so again we had a, we had a three year plan in France but as soon as there was a, a financial change that plan went out the window whereas here I'd like to think that the, the plan has been based around solid foundations and people who who I like and trust who understand that we're not going to get we'll get better overnight but we're not going to be the best team in the league overnight unfortunately um, and understand that it's going to take a while and once I'm following the plan um, well then we'll get there it's, yeah it's, I mean it's, it's really interesting and I think it, it's very easy to say ahead of the season um, and say as a fan myself to say yeah you know completely understand that and hopefully most Dragons fans will be patient but when the when the the league season starts, as you know, things yeah. you, you get into competitive rugby and things uh, things get very different very quickly. Yeah, well, I think once all I want, all I would expect and hope is that um, the Dragons fans can see see us developing a side of play. Okay, both sides of the ball. So be able to say, listen, I know how they want to play because mm. that's that's criticism I have of of what I saw from last year was I watched you know I now watch all the footage but when I probably interviewed for the job um, I had watched 10 games and I couldn't really clearly define how the Dragons were trying to play you know you watch the Scarlets you know how they're trying to play you watch yeah. the Ospreys you know how they're trying to play you watch the Blues you know how they're trying to play which I think for players is important to have that identity and style um, and you'll always be able to change up game plans but the core the core area should be pretty constant Um so I'd like the fans to say, well, okay, we can see what Jackman and his coaches are trying to do there, um, and also I'd like him to think, I'd like them to to leave leave Rodney Parade or wherever else we're playing and say those players they showed up and and they showed a lot of grit and determination and physicality. Once we get those two right. I know I'm on the right track and the results will come and I think we'll win games alone with those, with those. Mm. Um, just how many we win will depend on how, how accurate we are and I suppose maybe how, how lucky we are with some injuries because we don't have a big squad um, and we need to try and make sure we have our best players fit for, for the key games the physicality is a really interesting point. Is yeah. that then, if you if you were to say what the the Bernard Jackman Dragons are yeah. going to look like is it going to be a much more physical outfit than we've seen in recent times? I think more... I think dragon. Have you heard? You can now start your podcast ad campaign 
for as little as $250. From driving mass awareness to converting a niche audience, podcast advertising can do it all. Now with our self-serve platform, you can share your message to millions of listeners across 80,000 plus shows only available through Acast. Create your campaign in a matter of minutes. Visit acast.com slash advertising to start your campaign today. We're physical, but often only for 60 minutes. Hmm. Um, so a team who are able to, to stay in the fight for 80 minutes, that's the, that's the first part. You know, you get that consistent level of, of, um, of competitiveness and, um, as I said, grit and, and determination for 80 minutes. Well, then you know that's in the, that's in the locker and that's going to come every week. Um, and then you actually look to, look to refine certain other areas, which are the, the one percenters, whereas if you don't have that, if you're only a team that can play for 60 minutes, you're going to win very little. And um, has there been, you know, we've spoken about a few players already, has there been anyone who's kind of really surprised you or anyone you think that fans are going to really enjoy watching this season? Um, uh, I think that Harrison Keddie's um, got a lot of potential. Yeah. He, he's just a worker um, and he had, he's had a really good pre-season. Um, he had a decent game against Montpellier um, at eight last weekend. Jack Dixon's come back from injury. We have a lot of players who have come back from injury. Mm. Um I think the most exciting player is probably Ashton Hewitt. Yeah, you know, I think he's a guy who's got a huge amount of X factor um, and ability, and you know, both, both wings. I suppose the 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 standout wings you would say would be Hallam and him, mm-hmm. um, and both those both are both of them are really talented kids. Um, and well, my job is to make sure that we get them the ball, but good ball. You know, I think last year they got plenty of ball, but there wasn't much the space. Foot, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we need to make sure that they do get a lot of ball, but it's um, it's when they have a chance to actually take people on and and, and show how good they're. So um, they're probably the well, I think Harrison Keddie and Elliot D, Leon Brown. So for me, I'm I'm quite focused on um, who are the young kids from Gwent mm. who have the potential to play for the Dragons for the next ten years and potentially play for Wales and. Um, I want to build a team around them because there's a real chance here for them to actually, as youngsters, take on a leadership role. You know, at 22, 23, you're from the Dragons, you're from the this region, you've been frustrated with what's happened in the past. Well, then you fix the future. Um, so I'd like to think that we'll do everything in our power to try and bring through Elliot D. So he's a he's a he's a he's a regular, you know, Pro 14 player um, for us. Leon Brown, we, he's got a huge amount of potential. Um, a young tired prop who, if we can get him right and, and help his development, he could play. He could play for the British and Irish Lions. That's how good he is. You know, he's he's as explosive as Kyle Sinclair. You know, and uh, he works hard. He's aggressive, um, but he's a young 21-year-old tired prop. So we have to be patient, but also we need to give him enough game time that he develops. So it's a it's a fine line. Um, yeah, Keddie's obviously. Has potential. Jack Dixon, you know Ashton, Hallam. Um, uh, who else do we have? Yeah, we've got uh, James Benjamin Jumbo, yeah. who's been away with the Sevens, who's who's had a really good preseason. Um, we've a young kid from Bedwas, uh, Robson Blake, Premiership Player of the Year last year. Give up being a tree surgeon, um, and so he's a he's a rough diamond. Uh, so yeah, this is some exciting. There's a lot of listen. We've we've a huge amount of work to do, but yeah. there's some exciting kids in terms of their attitude in terms of attitude and they want to they want to work hard every day and that's that's more that's that's probably the big difference between France players in France in general don't want to work hard every day you know they can be they pick and choose when they want to work 
whereas I, I'd work I'd rather, I want to work hard every day and I want players who want to do that yeah well it's, again it's all kind of music music to the ears of the fans really because yeah. I think again not that you'd question the commitment in the past it's just that's what you want to see in terms of the players developing yeah. and going forward because they're such talented you know we've seen some of those players yeah. come through the um, the under 20s and star in that in that way or side yeah. as well so you know if they can fulfil their potential here in yeah. um, for the Dragons it, yeah I think my job is to create an environment for them yeah. so that they actually get that level of support from, from the management team um, and probably before and in fairness to the players probably there was certain there was a lot of excuses why they don't, didn't perform um, based around what the environment was like here for various reasons you know and some of them were financial and the insecurity of knowing you know are the club going to be actually alive yeah, yeah. after so it's it's natural now we want to make sure that they understand okay that pressure of survival is gone but it's a different type of pressure it's a profession to perform and actually realise your potential so you know I think my dad used to always say to me potential will get you a mortgage but it won't pay it off so now now it's pay off time you know we actually need to turn that into performance and results and, and that'll pay off your mortgage I like that as a little yeah. yeah it's a nice analogy yeah um, I suppose yeah you've, you've touched on the, the Pro 14 there as well it, yeah. obviously we've got a brand new tournament to go into yeah. is that something that kind of excites you as a coach going into something you know that's a bit of the unknown I guess yeah I think so listen we the Pro 14 or Pro 12 got a hard time I suppose um, in, in maybe in the English media yeah. or, the, or the or the French media about um, about the quality of rugby or the, the intensity of the game um, and you know World Rugby did a, a really big uh, study on on all the competitions globally and Pro, Pro 12 was actually the m- most comparable to Super Rugby in terms of ball and play um, ball and play time number of passes and, and line breaks so um, because of the lack of relegation there is more freedom for coaches to mm-hmm. Uh, to have an attacking mindset which I, I like I'm an attacking uh, minded coach um, and I know there's a lot of talent in the in Wales Welsh kids are cool players you know they mightn't be as big as the English they mightn't be as technical or tactical as the Irish but they can play the game it's part of their heritage and they grow up um, uh, with a with a I suppose a a, not, a philosophy of, of playing the game and being, being positive um, so I felt that it was a really good fit for me, I think, um, and they work hard as well. They have good work ethic, so you get you get skillful players who want to work hard, and then you create the systems that will allow that to flourish. But then you've got a chance, and I think look at Scarlett's last year. Okay, it got, took them a while to get going, but once it got going, it wasn't just at the end. I mean, they they ran Saris close twice in the in the Champions Champions Cup group. Um, there was real signs of, of of being a dangerous side last year, um, and I, I I think that. You know, the Pro 14 is a really good place for us to develop that game plan, and now we've got the Kings and the and the Cheetahs um, on board. It's just it's just another another um, string to our bow, and it's going to be exciting for us to bring our, our group to. We go to Port Elizabeth in, in March, and uh, it just changes the whole picture. And it's just a, um, for us to coach against. You know, the staffing coaches is going to be interesting for our players to play against them. I'd imagine that. You know, when a cheat has come to Rodney Parade, hopefully that's a way of getting rugby fans in in Gwent who haven't been to a game for a long time to go down and see see what's like. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, it's just that that's a if if something is brought to the competition which allows us to to entice people in the door, 
well then it's a good thing because then it's our job is to make sure the product is good enough that they want to come back you know because you could spend you could run social media campaigns um, print campaigns TV campaigns all you want but, but if it's the product's yeah, not good and it's not exciting it, you know yeah. it's not exciting and um, you know the historically the Welsh haven't the Welsh fans haven't got massively behind the Pro 14 mm. um, or Pro 12 so now with a Pro 14 potentially that could be the 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 spark that we need to to, to get it going and it's, it's really interesting obviously the, the Scarlets have seen a, a fair amount of success is that something that you know you're looking at as a bit of a blueprint because I guess looking at the yeah. way they not only their style of rugby but also a lot of those players were the strength and depth they developed last year was from kind of local lads who yeah. weren't necessarily that hurt, you yeah. know, that well heard of. It no, wasn't look, big money signings. No, look at the two second rows, Lewis Rawlins. Uh, yeah. He's from this region, um, and um, he's a he's a hell of a player. But he, he's not a guy that you would have said, um, oh, he's, you know, he's he's a sta- he's he's a starting lock on a on a on a pro four, pro twelve winning side because beside him was Ty Byrne his guy who coached um, in university in Dublin um, he was let go by the Leinster system and suddenly you know they played the Munster second rows in the final they played the Leinster second rows in the semi-final yeah. who were all internationals and they played them because they're in a, a team who had great team spirit um, had a good culture and understood how they wanted to play um, and I, so so yeah so me, for me that's that's inspirational or whatever um, you know I also take take hope in the fact that Scarlet's for me had the best attack in the Pro 12 last year they won it the year before Connacht had the best attack they won it the year before that Glasgow had uh, an excellent attack they yeah. won it so it's a league that um, probably uh, rewards positive play um, and it's probably a league that's not based as much around physicality and power and size as the Viva or the um, or the top 14 for sure that's really interesting and obviously you mentioned kind of patience and things like that if we're sat here in, uh, in 12 months time what will a successful first season for the Dragons under Bernard Jackman have looked like what would you determine um, to be success I'd like to win 10 games in the in the Pro 14 uh, so we won 4 last year so yeah. um, it's obviously more than double um, I'd like to test and give opportunities to to some of our youngsters even younger again than the guys I mentioned so the likes of Max Williams and um, uh, Connor Edwards and uh, Jared Rosser and uh, George Gasson um, I'd like to give them a chance uh, uh, to, to play for the region and see see where they're at so this year is re- I suppose obviously I'll only give game time to people who are performing at training um, but once they perform at training I, I feel that I have an obligation to give them a chance in games um, which will obviously potentially affect Results, you know, if you if, if, if you can't put out your best team every week, and or you can, but I have a, I have an obligation here to to try and give everybody a chance if they're going to make decisions on their future. Um, so there will be some difficult days, but as long as we have a lot more good days, and as long as the fans, as I said, can see and we can see the work we're doing here starting to to pay off on the field, and once we once we rep it on the pitch against different opposition every week well then that's where we're going to get a lot of learning um, and then players will get to understand how the system works um, if, if an opposition team blitz the fence or whatever well then how we react to that and where the next step is so that's um, yeah that's going to be it's going to be a really roller coaster year but I'm sure we're going to have um, some tough nights but 
I'd like to think we'll have some good nights too. And get all gets underway very, very soon, of course. And you mentioned you're very proud Leinsterman yourself. Are you looking forward to to those clashes as well with uh, you know, kind of against your 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 home team? Yeah, no, exactly. Looking forward looking forward to playing all the Irish provinces. I've got friends. Um, you know, I spent twelve years of my career in Ireland, um, and uh, I've got friends in each of the four provincial coaching setups. And you know, I, I think Irish rugby's doing a lot right. Um, you know, they've, they've got the funding right. They've got the, the alignment right between the national side and the and the provincial team. And um, I think they've got a foreign player issue right as well. Obviously, it's it's um, it's not an easy one to get right but they generally look to just bring in quality and, yeah. and give Irish players an opportunity to play so um, yeah I'm looking forward to testing myself against them and uh, against the Welsh region as well I think you know the litmus test for us is really not how we do against the Irish teams it's how we do against the Welsh because we can benchmark against them you know we know we spend less money than them um, in terms of our playing squad but um, we've all come through all our players have come through the same pathways um, it's the same climate um, same uh, in general it's the same type of, of mentality and the t- same type of skill set so that's a real good test for us is how we do against I suppose the Scarlets the Ospreys and, and the Blues more so than the Irish provinces OK and then just to finish if you know as we, as we go into the new season if you could give a message to, to fans what would that be? For me it's um, come down and watch us train um, see if you um, if you appreciate the intensity and the and the effort we're putting in, and if we do, come watch us play, you know. And if we don't repeat that, then really it's because you know we we, we want to train here to perform um, on a Saturday. So um, yeah, and, and we're we're not going to be perfect straight up, but we certainly want to get there. And hopefully, we can people who who are Dragons fans can be proud of being Dragons fans. So, well, something we uh, something we can all hope for. All the best with the with the uh, new season, Bern. It's been great chatting to you, and uh, thanks for having us here. No, thanks, man. Hopefully, we'll chat you the year. Podcast Network.